Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Journey Coaching. We're super passionate about all things coaching and want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training over a thousand life coaches. Dive deep into a more meaningful career, find freedom, and make an impact on the world around you. Hey guys, on today's episode, we're going to talk about New Year resolutions and how to accomplish goals with goal setting theory. Noelle, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. And I'm excited because New Year's resolutions are auspicious and we've had a heck of a year and this is going to be a wonderful topic. Yes. Can you show us your excitement through um, something musical? Sure. I'm setting, I'm setting you up. Okay, you let's say, do it. <laughs> this has been a heck of a year, and New Year's resolutions are important to help us move forward. I don't know oh, if that wow, was excitement. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Uh, you know, no, that was, was an excitement, but that was really good. I like that. Guys, Noel discovered uh, sound effects on this platform. And so- I sure did. All right, let's talk about 2021 resolutions, um, why people make goals, but, you know, they're not sustainable. They fall short. Where should we start? I mean, first of all, I can't believe it's going to be 2021. I feel like 2020 is the year that was never going to end. And I think for a lot of us, as we're looking towards this, the big question is what's coming next? (laughs) What else is going to happen? Um, So, you know, thinking ahead, thinking in the positive, imagining our lives in the positive, crafting that future vision is an applied positive intervention. It's a great way to increase our dopamine and oxytocin levels and get little bursts of joy coming in. And this is one of the things that we work really strongly with in the arena of coaching is setting future visions, setting goals and accomplishing them. Yeah. And I, I like that you said accomplishing them because I like you. Uh, I've always thought New, Year, New Year's resolutions were very fluffy and people talk a lot, but but they're very short-lived. They are. They are. Um, Caroline Miller is a renowned goal-setting expert. She's a grit expert, positive psychologist and coach. I had the privilege of training under her and she talks a lot about New Year's resolutions and how mm. they are actually quite effective for a lot of different reasons. I think one is psychologically, New Year, fresh start. People are, are right. ready to, to get to work on their goals. Um, and also the public aspect of declaration really helps us cement that which we want to accomplish. But there are, yeah, tri- yeah there are tricks of the trade. Yes. And also, I think it's um, this idea that everyone else is doing it as well. So you don't want to feel left out. And so um, it's like uh, riding the wave of everyone else um, wanting to create some kind of change in their life. Yes. And collectively, we are ready for this. Um, Mm -hmm. And this lines up with one of the core tenets of goal setting theory that comes to us from Edwin Locke. He's a a pioneer of goal setting theory. And for those of you who don't know, um, goal setting theory is a really rich arena to learn how to effectively get things done. And he Mm -hmm. says that 
step number one is you have to make a plan for your plan. You have to be serious about it, keep records, get outside help. And so the number one question to ask yourself before you get started is, is there something that you are truly ready to commit to changing? Mm. How, how do you know if you are truly ready as opposed to, you know, just uh, ready or thinking about something? I mean, I've been saying I'd like to lose 10 pounds for I don't know how many years right. now. Um, yeah. And and what's the difference between, you know, being truly ready and just really having that um, that goal for I, I threw my back out this week. Um, mm -hmm. We've been talking about it. I've been carrying around this extra weight. I turned 40 this year. Um, you know, there are things that I want to do energetically that I know I'd feel a lot better if I were physically lighter. Um, I'm becoming more conscious of aging um, and the need to really tune into my health. So when I line up all of those factors, my goal seems a little bit bigger than my ego. Mm. Yeah. So it's, um, it's almost like your goal is uh, bigger than you in mm -hmm. a way. My goal yeah. is bigger than me. There's there's a lot of other factors that go into it besides just the, you know, cosmetics and jargon of it. I like asking myself, um, and this sounds very dramatic and may not work for others, but I like asking myself, what's at stake? So if I oh man. Tell us, that's John. Lovely. It is. <laughs> <laughs> uh man, I, I opened the bag of worms. I I um <laughs> I say the goal or what I want to accomplish, and then I have to give myself something where uh, there's something at stake, and it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, it, it's whatever I, whatever meaning I attach to it. So, whatever is at stake gives me leverage, and I think about that when things get hard, or I don't want to do something, or I don't want to get up or run or whatever. Um, I kind of go back to you know, um, what, what does this take? Why am I doing this? Why is this important? Why did I draw such a hard line in the sand? You know, I, I, I love that. And I, I think that's incredibly effective. Um, is there anything that you feel that you're really ready to commit to? Oh man. Um, for 2021, I don't know. I don't have an answer. Yeah. I was going to say something really cheesy, like to myself, but that's not, uh, that would be me being, being false and trying to think of something really fast. I don't, I don't have, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, what to commit to for 2021, but maybe that's the thing. Maybe my commitment is to, ha is not have a commitment, right. To kind of let go of the rock. Yeah. I, I was going to say that, that I think, you know, in, in this case, we can give a lot of permission to ourselves to not have an active goal. The goal could be passive. Mm. The goal could be to slow yeah. down, um, to notice more colors, to play with your kid, to feed your chickens and, and, and really enjoy this, this time in your life. Um, yes. And, I, I love that you said that because I think a lot of people, especially after this long, dark tunnel, um, you know, 2020, uh, a lot of us don't have the energy to come up with new goals and to execute and get all excited. I think a lot of us are just uh, waiting to um, calm down, waiting, waiting for the storm to clear, you know, pass us. Yeah. So let me turn it back around on you. Um, if we're talking about really enjoying your life, really looking inward, enjoying your time, enjoying your family, if you don't do that, what's at stake? Ooh. Guys, this is what coaching looks like in action. Mm -hmm. um, what is at stake? So 
What's at stake is uh, me snapping back uh, to the old John who is um, um, always chasing things and then um, getting very disappointed. Um, I've struggled with, uh, you know, dipping into uh, uh, getting depressed and and asking, you know, really, really um, questions that make me uh, feel like, you know, what's the point? Things like like all or nothing questions, and uh, that's what's at stake is kind of snapping back to the old, you know, mm. instead of um, finding nectar in the present. Uh, th- th- this is a good example. I, um, I water the lawn now <laughs> and, and, and uh, not, 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 not for a long time, just kind of as a, an activity to do with my daughter. And I haven't watered the lawn probably uh, since the eighties because I've always lived in, you know, apartments, big city, uh, or there was sprinklers. And so living up here in Altadena, we have a backyard and I, there are patches of the backyard that need watering. So um, I use that time to uh, hold my daughter and, and we just uh, water the lawn. And it's, you know, as simple and silly as that sounds, um, sometimes that's like the best part of my day. The mm. three minutes where, where – because she plays with the the stream and she's, you know, uh, looking at things. Um, but when I'm – it's almost meditative. I think a lot of people also get this feeling when they're washing dishes. They kind of – zone out and to feel the the warm warm water on their hand and stuff so um what's at stake is losing those moments Mm, that's beautiful that's absolutely beautiful i love that i love that Mm -hmm. And, and if if i were um if I were going deeper with John in a coaching scenario, I'd want to hear more about that, more about you know right. what you want to call in. But for our purposes today, we're going to stick right at the starting line with the goal because mm-hmm. I, think, I think John and I are two really great examples. I have um, an active goal. He has a passive goal. And so, you know, when we're thinking about the goal itself, especially in coaching, it's really important to take time with ourselves and with our clients to think about the goal and to put a plan in place so that we're more likely to follow through and succeed. So step number one is we need to source the goal. Do we, does, does your goal involve self-regulation? And and that's a really important question when we're looking at goal setting. So John, mm. does your goal involve self-regulation? What, what do you mean by self-regulation? Define that. Where um, you have to say no or limit yourself in any way. Oh yeah. Um, yeah yes. It's, it's hard for me to be passive. It, it's, it's really hard for me to do nothing. I don't know if the words are nothing, but it's hard for me to calm down, um, you know, to meditate, to sit still, to enjoy things that I used to label as dumb or silly or boring, like watering the lawn. Yes. Okay, great. So the reason that we're talking about this is our self-regulation fits into our everyday lives like an hourglass. We have a fixed amount of energy around self-regulation. And when it runs out, it runs out. This is one of the reasons why it's easier to do things and stick to healthy habits and to meditate in in the morning. And then at night, as our self-regulation juice runs out, things get harder. So staying with this for a little bit, when you need to say no in order to enjoy those quiet moments, what specifically are you saying no to? Uh, a lot of tasks, a lot of things I need to get done, um, work-related stuff. But all of that is tied to if I don't do these things, um, 
um, uh, their title label so that I'm lazy. Um, you know, I'm not uh, taking advantage of, of my time. I'm not um, uh, actively pursuing things that I should like. And then be, right behind that uh, are feelings of guilt, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, so John's um, tricky part in this is the the curse of the busy person, of the feeling that if I am not active with my time, then somehow I'm losing. And I'm putting words in your mouth, John, but I want to check in on this. Um, I'm losing currency. I'm losing value. I will be missing something. What do What do you yeah. experience? And by the way, side note, I love that Noelle said. Um, she acknowledged that she's putting words uh, in my mouth and she's, uh, it, it, it's, it's so, so from someone who's um, being coached, little things like that are really big, right? So she's t- telling me that she's not putting her shits on me, right? And so uh, um, that's, that's really helpful. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, what? <laughs> yeah. So, so um, I gave some really common examples that are associated with living in a capitalistic society that are, mm-hmm. you know, feeling like if you're not busy, if you're not doing something, you're losing currency, you're losing value, right. and then you'll be right. missing out. Um, right. What do you experience? Uh, if I don't, if I'm not active, if I'm not, um, you know, spending hours um, producing content or writing a book or whatever, what, what do I experience as far as feeling? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a sense of uh, worthlessness. I experience um, cementing one of my false beliefs as being the almost guy. I experience the feeling of giving up. I experience like uh, feeling like the kid that got held back, like all of those things. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Okay, so um, so taking a look at that feeling, you know, one of the coaching techniques that we use in um, the journey coaching intensive is, is gremlins. And mm. when we look at gremlins, what a, what a gremlin is, is the manifestation of all of those, you know, terrible things and feelings that you say to yourself that if, if I'm not in action, I will become the almost guy, you know, that's a pretty terrible thing to, to be carrying around on your shoulders. So if you were going to personify that and give it a face and a name, uh, what would it look like? What would that cartoon character or entity be like? Hmm. Um, I would say, uh, I I'm thinking of like a child. I'm thinking of a boy. I'm thinking of, um, 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 someone who's not responsible. Mm. So it's that's a little kid that's jumping around, kid. waving their arms and saying, me, 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 me. Right, right. Got it. So when we're thinking about this, um, next time that feeling comes up, would you be willing to draw to your attention the image of the little kid and see if you can soothe that part of yourself with messages that you've won as an adult? Hmm. Yeah. So reminding, um, and I like that. I like that she used soothe as opposed to like you know put that kid into a a, a box and, and or in a closet and you know like kick kick his ass. Um. Yeah. So uh, reminding the the giving the kid a voice, giving the kid permission, uh, reminding myself that um, you know um, that I am paying my rent. Uh, the lights are not off. You know things are okay. 
uh, and all all the things that I'm grateful for that I'm you know continuing to 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 work on and build and all that. Um, I, I I love this idea because we talk about slaying dragons so much, and what you just said reminds me that sometimes we need to uh, hug our dragons instead of uh, slay them. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, and this is why it's important to take time when we're sourcing the goal to think about, okay, you know, what's really getting in the way here. And for you, it seems to be a feeling of panic. Um, yes. At 47, I still don't feel that I have, um, reached the island or accomplished my, you know, my dreams, um, all of that stuff. So, so that sets me into a state of panic. And so, if I'm not "quote unquote" productive, then I get panicky. Yeah, that's all tied. Yeah, yeah. And and what we are learning is that your sense of panic is actually just a little dude that needs a hug. Mm. Yeah. A little, yeah. and I like I like that you said dude because that that little guy's from the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so here we go. That that's step one. You know, sourcing the goal, does it involve self-regulation? And mm-hmm. then, you know, next up, and so there are five steps, by the way. We're, we're gonna work through five steps. Um, next up, we need to make sure that the goal is challenging and specific and something that can be measured. We don't want to lowball our goals, right? right? right. So yeah. When we're talking- these are uh, these are smart goals. So specific, measurable, attainable um, are relatable to your uh, true north and, mm-hmm. and your story. And then T time sensitive. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So you know when we're thinking about the new year, um, what's the time frame that you want to get really good at tuning into these relaxation and quiet moments? Um. The time frame, I want to, uh, within a month, you know, mm-hmm. 30 days, yeah, uh, thread it into my life, um, things like meditation and uh, uh, being still and present and not not having to, you know, uh, run somewhere lightning fast. Okay. So what I'm hearing from you, and I'm, I'm going to say it and then you mirror it to you and then you tell me what you think. So guys, this is another coaching technique, I'm giving my perception of what John has said, and then I'm going to directly afterwards ask him what he thinks of it to make sure that I have it right. Okay. So what I'm hearing from you kind of pulling it all together is you stumbled on the fact that quiet moments with your daughter um, are often the best part of your day. And what's at stake is losing that time, losing these precious moments, especially with your child when she's a baby. And you have this little guy inside of you that gets really panicked. And it's it's probably an eight to 11 year old that jumps around and waves his hands in the air. And so for the month of January, you want to bring focus and attention to soothing that gremlin to see if you can regain more control over your nervous system and emotional regulation that will allow you to have those moments. Yeah, there's something powerful about you um, painting this image for me. So, um, you know, when I do feel the panic, I actually imagine, you know, the little guy, the the little dude, uh, eight to, to 11, Noel said, and once I imagine him, now I now I've identified, and, I, and it's not just um, a feeling of panic, but now I I I, I see this uh, other you know part of myself, right? So like identifying and labeling, um, then it's really helpful. And then and then when I allow myself to 
uh, sit on the grass or, you know, go for a motorcycle ride or do something that's going to be, um, you know, nectar in my life, uh, living more in the here and now, I, I know that uh, the, the little guy is, is being soothed. And taken care of. And that's a really yeah. important part of this. You know, when we give voice to our fears, we're not stuffing them. We're not telling this little kid to go sit in a closet. We're saying, you know what? Mm -hmm. Your fear is valid. Your message is important. And I'm 47 years old and I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of myself, my family, and my little girl. And we're all going to be together. Yeah. Wow. What a what an amazing um, statement. How does all it that, feel? Yeah. It feels... Um, it feels calm. It feels like it's possible. It feels like, um, um, the, uh, you know, I always say, uh, the, the, the monsters are shadow cast by your own hand. So it feels like it's my own thinking that's blowing things up. Not truth. Ah, ding, ding, ding. We have awareness, ladies and gentlemen. You should have used sound effect. See, that, that was the perfect place. <laughs> I wasn't quick enough. You know, this brings us right to step number three is, okay, so you've, you've identified where your juggernaut is, where your emotional panic comes from and, and where it lives. Um, and so the next step is, is this a learning goal or a doing goal or a combination of the two? Mm. I think maybe a combination of the two. I mean, definitely doing and then learning from the doing, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Okay. So from here, we go to metrics and, um, and talking about experimentation, right? So mm -hmm. whenever we have a doing goal, that's very easy to assess. Did you do it? Yes, no, right? So that's something mm -hmm. that we can literally check off a box. We can keep a visual reminder of 30 days, you know, for every day in January, did you do the thing? Yes, no. And then when there's a learning goal, that's where when you're coaching someone, you really need to get down into the weeds and say, okay, well, if you're going to be learning something new, you don't know exactly what the outcomes are going to be like. So what kind of experiments do you need to draw up in order to kind of flow around through your own existence and see what could be? Um, I would say uh, giving myself the ex experience of um, things that are uh, not labeled as productive, like uh, um, playing with my daughter, watering the lawn, doing things. Uh, and of course, not the whole day, right? Just kind of sprinkled throughout the day, sitting with that and uh, figuring out like, like, how does that make me feel? And, and why is there anxiety or is there, you know, is it changing with this mindset? Oh, yeah. And that was, that was so important. So guys, John is giving us coaching gold right now. So going through the experience, that's the doing, right? I'm going to, mm. I'm going to go through the experience. You can, you can use metrics for that. And then next up comes the experimentation part comes the evaluation. How did that make me feel? Mm -hmm. And then we have data to work with. When you assess, how does it make you feel? Then you can really go back to the drawing board and say, okay, do I need more or less of this in my life? Right. 
Right. What was and the I think actual? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What was the actual experiential outcome of this time? Yeah, and also with experience, there, it, there's nothing more convincing than an experience. So instead of just thinking about something or saying you need to do something and this is what it could possibly look and feel like, um, actually giving yourself that experience is what's going to be the most accurate when it comes to data. A hundred percent. And I want to drive this further. So when we look at Caroline Miller's work, she says that at this stage of the game, the number one thing that you have to do for yourself is say, is it working? Am I getting closer to achieving my goal? And that Mm -hmm. self-engagement combined with evaluation is the key, no matter what you're tackling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then from here- What's interesting about this whole thing is I think the more I accomplish that goal, uh, I mean, the irony is that the the more productive I will be, like naturally, without even thinking about it. Oh, yeah, 100%. So from from here, we're at steps four and five. We're going to break down your goal, actually set the plan, and talk about priming your environment. So step four is breaking it down into actionable steps that don't feel scary. And then mm-hmm. step five is priming your environment and your relationships for goal accomplishment. And when I work with this stuff, I actually like to combine these two things because in my experience, breaking your goal down often sounds really great in your head, but you live in your environment and your relationships. And so you need to make sure that there's alignment between the two. Um, mm-hmm. It's really easy for me to say in my head, I'm going to wake up every day and hop on the rowing machine or go for a walk. But the reality is that I live with another human and I might might not be able to do that if my partner right. is, you know, using the back room to do yoga or sleeping in. Um, right, right. So, you know, you have to, you have to kind of work with these along the way. So what feels accessible to you? If we're breaking it down, if we're saying we're going to measure this for 30 days, we're going to write on the calendar what actually happens, what kind of chunks of time you have the the piece of watering the lawn already, what else? What needs to go into this? Yeah. So um, a lot of times I will go get coffee, I get to my car and because I'm kind of a coffee, coffee snob. And in those moments, instead of rushing to grab something and coming back, you know, and driving really fast, um, instead of that being a task, um, taking Logan with me, which is a, a, a pain in the, the a pain in the neck because you got to put her in the car seat, she's whining. Um, but using that trip as almost like a field trip in a time that uh, you could spend with uh, your daughter because I know once she's at the coffee shop, then she has a great time because she's you know seeing people and it's a new environment for her. So instead of just rushing to the coffee shop as a task, using that time to um, spend some quality time uh, with my daughter. Mm, that's awesome. So yeah. turning everyday moments um, into an opportunity for a little bit of deepening and engagement. Yeah. And yeah. then the big one for me would be meditation, which I keep, I keep the wagon, the wheels just keep falling off. So creating mm. uh, time for myself to actually meditate, you know, and this has nothing to do with my daughter or anyone. It's just, it's just for me to sit still. Yeah. So I have an idea here. Um, would you be willing to start with three minutes? Yes, of course. That would be awesome. So, so yeah. does three minutes sitting for three minutes feel accessible to you? Yes. It does. Wonderful. Okay. 
So now we need to talk about your environment and your relationships and close this baby out. So we have two goals on the table for the the measurable and specific time period of the month of January. Um, how do you want to track it? What what do you want to use to actually track this data? Um, the amount of time, yeah, I think instead of a feeling, it would be the amount of, of um, you know, like, like hash marks, like points, like the amount of times I get it in. So whether it's meditation or um, time with Logan, uh, yeah, how many times I'm actually doing it during, during the day? One of the things that I do is I have um, an old-fashioned paper calendar hanging in my kitchen. And when mm. I want to track a goal like this, I actually mark off the days on my calendar that I did mm. the thing that I set out to do. Um, you know where else oh. I use this tool? Where? Is when folks are unhappy in their relationships and they're considering leaving a relationship, I ask them to get a planner that has a calendar in it and draw smiley faces, sad faces, or neutral faces so oh, that they can actually see and get a visual Sweet. on how they're spending their time. Oh, man, I love that. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say chocolate Cheerios in a bowl. So every time I do something, I get a chocolate Cheerio. And... Uh, it it uh so by the end of the day i could visually see you know the, oh. the, it's like coin, coins in the piggy bank okay so now this is a really great <laughs> example of priming your environment um who in your environment needs to know um not to toss the bowl of chocolate cherries <laughs> uh, uh my, but my girlfriend she needs to know that those are my cherry those are my cheerios that i have earned and also um, the the other piece of this, I get to eat the chocolate Cheerios at the end of the day. So yeah. I, get a, I get a bowl of cereal. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So you need to communicate with the people around you that this yes. this little bowl of Cheerios isn't just left over from Logan. It's a measurement, right? Um, right. That needs to happen. And and then um, you know, how about asking? It ties for, in. It it also ties into feeding the uh, the little dude. You know? Yeah. It ties into feeding your little dude. I love that. So this is a a great way to prime your environment. And do you need support or accountability from anybody in your life? Yeah, I would would ask for uh, support and accountability from uh, Vanessa since she lives with me and she's around me a lot. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, last coaching technique, gang scaling. On a scale of 1 to 10, um, how ready do you feel to have that conversation uh, with Vanessa today and let her know oh, about ready. the Cheerio method? Ten. <laughs> ten. Oh, right right ten. after the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. That's awesome. All right, guys. We have just worked John through the five steps of setting your goal, setting your New Year's resolution appropriately so that you're more likely to accomplish it. It's sourcing the goal. You know, does it involve self-regulation? We got to talk about it. Then sourcing the challenge. Don't limit yourself. Make sure it's challenging. And then make a detailed plan for the plan. Um, Mm. What's at stake? What specifically do you need to do? How are you going to measure it? Are you learning? Are you doing? If you're learning, you need to know, is it working? Am I getting closer? Then you break it down and prime your environment and your relationships for goal accomplishment. And at the end of the day, we all get chocolate Cheerios. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and, and I want to end with this. What I love about uh, what she did and, and this, you know, micro session 
is uh, one, I have something to do now. So when I leave, I ha- you know, Noel has given me homework. Um, I'm leaving with a plan, uh, you know, uh, and they're very kind of um, practical steps that I can accomplish, right? Uh, and number two, I love that uh, this whole thing about goals, it wasn't about, you know, me making a million dollars or some huge, you know, building an empire or doing something that is um, overwhelming and uh, it's just, uh, you know, uh, it's not a, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that it's, that it means less, but it's a very uh, small goal in the sense that you, I have more control over it because there are things that, 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 you know, happen within my, my day to day in my life, not something that is, you know, on a high shelf somewhere that that's a huge dream, you know. Absolutely. Accessible within your control. And, yeah. you know, I think something too that that it's really important to keep in mind as we move into this new year is that um, you know at the end of John's life he's going to remember the time with his child um, and not so much perhaps the panic of wanting to build that empire. Mm, yeah. Well, guys, I uh, hope this was helpful for you. And whenever you are ready to uh, accomplish goals and and and. Uh, just write a new story for 2021. Maybe you will uh, replay this again if you're not ready today. Awesome. Be well, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Be well. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to journey.co slash everything to explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose, and a strong community to do it in. We created Journey Coaching to equip you with the tools, training, and community you need to attain your goals. Join Journey Coaching and begin your journey towards personal freedom and a transformative state of growth today. That's jrni.co slash everything.